I'd like to go back 26 years ago to 1998, former Vice President Al Gore addressing a room full of experts and reporters. Remember how dire things were back then? Last January was the warmest January. Last February was the warmest February. Last March was the warmest March in history. Last April was the hottest April. Last May was the hottest May. And last June was the hottest June. That came right on the heels of 1997, which was the warmest year on record. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And I welcome you to the Thursday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Now, from time to time, we haven't done this in a while. From time to time, we need to take a look at the uh, climate hoax. And I call it that for a reason, though I know a lot of people, they, they cannot wait to to tell me I'm totally wrong and, and the earth, it, it, it's in a lurch because of mankind, we're destroying it. And if we don't do something like get into electric cars or, or get rid of our gas stoves or something or kill off the population, the world is just gonna be a terrible and horrible place. I'm old enough to remember a lot of stuff. I go back in my beginnings of my radio career to 1970. Young guy, 1970, given a tape recorder to go out and cover a major event, an event that needed to be covered because if we didn't cover it, if the world didn't know what's going on with Earth Day, yeah, Earth Day, 1970, when it all began, Mankind was doomed because of mankind. And we needed politicians and experts to lead us out of our own demise. We were told back in 1970 in no uncertain terms that mankind was destroying the planet and we were headed toward an ice age. An ice age of biblical, well, if they believed in the Bible, we'll just use the term biblical proportions. I mean, a plague of cold, snow in Miami Beach, every winter. So much for escaping the miserable cold of upstate New York, Minnesota, or some other place like Nebraska, Maine. There'd be no relief from the incredible cold. It would. It would encompass all the lower 48, of course, Alaska, and it wouldn't be long before even Hawaii would no longer be a tropical paradise because of mankind, our pollution, the way we live, the combustion automobile, the way we farm, all of it was killing the planet. And we needed to fix it now. And so all the experts bet on a frozen planet. Even Time Magazine predicted the Ice Age. Now here we are 50 some odd years later and we're told not to believe anything we were told then. Uh, it's all in our imagination. It didn't really happen what they said. The real enemy was global warming. And how do we know that? Because the experts told us it was global warming. 
I can remember the 1970s very well. The beginning of my radio career, going to college, getting married, becoming very in tune with the news. And so I remembered all these predictions of doom and gloom and and a frozen tundra called the lower 48, including Florida. And it wasn't materializing. It just wasn't happening as they claimed it would. We were told mankind was destroying and killing the planet and we had to fix it now. We were told that the earth is going to just become a frozen ball in space and we were all going to die. But government could fix it if you just give us more money and more control over every aspect of your life. Well, they must have fixed it. They must have fixed it really good because the earth didn't freeze up. That global freezing as predicted to occur in the next 10 to 20 years, in other words, by the late 1980s and into the 90s, it just never happened. Instead, things got, well, warmer. And so they... They shoved to the side the the global freezing narrative. They waited a little while, and then all the experts said, have you noticed it's getting warmer? It must be mankind. It must be our automobile. It must be the way we live. It must be too many people. We're causing global warming, and the planet is going to just catch on fire. And the point man in the Clinton administration for the new global warming scam was an opportunist by the name of Al Gore. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Al Gore to understand who he is. You know, I'm going to say something. I'm going to deviate. Just just give me a minute here and follow me on this. Notice when it comes to the global warming scam or freezing scam or just climate scam, When it comes to attacking Donald Trump or trying to file cases against him, the deep state finds the the biggest buffoons they can buy off with money to do their dirty work. Al Gore became the point man of climate change, global warming. See, in the 1980s, Al Gore was a senator from the state of Tennessee. And in the 1980s, he pretended to be a blue dog conservative Democrat, pro-life, by the way, too. He was anti-abortion back in the day. He knew how to fool those good church-going Baptists and Pentecostals that hung around Tennessee at the time. And they voted for him because, well, he's just a nice guy from Tennessee, comes out of a good family. You know how that works. Al Gore's father was also a senator. Al Gore went to a private, expensive school in D.C. Yeah, he's about as homespun Tennessee as somebody born in Brooklyn, New York. He's a phony. He's a fraud. At one time, he thought he was called to the ministry, and he flunked out of divinity school. And so he just followed the path of least resistance and decided to go into politics and follow in his daddy's footsteps. His daddy from Tennessee trained his young son on how to buffalo the people and just baffle them 
and confuse them and get them to love you because you're one of us. And so Al Gore became a chameleon. He could fit into whatever thing he needed to do at the time. And when Clinton needed somebody to kind of balance him that had like a a moral-sounding background. Remember, there was bimbo eruptions back in 1992 going on that were a problem for the Clintons. And having Al Gore married to Tipper, you know, the fairy book wedding, made everything just fine. But as they began to ramp up the idea of global warming, uh, running out of oil, all of it, The same scam just over and over again. It's just recycled, recycled with different names, different faces. And every one of the faces are always buffoons. Like, well, like John Kerry, who's going to step aside because he has other important things to do. Well, maybe he's getting smart and realizing he's pushing a scam. Al Gore became the point man on global warming and made dire prediction after dire prediction after dire prediction. I want to take you back about, let's see, this is 20, about about 15, 16 years ago. Al Gore was speaking with a group of experts and these group of experts to which Al Gore agreed had this dire prediction. Now, remember, this dire prediction was going to have some severe consequences for the state of Florida, which was going to be a problem for me because, well, I own a house in Florida. And here's what Al Gore had to say about 15, 16 years ago. The entire North Polar Ice Cap during summer, during some of the summer months could be completely ice-free within the next five to seven years. And the volumetric analysis leads this uh, Dr. Maslowski to make that projection. We will find out. And we did find out. Like every other Al Gore prediction, it never came true, but people still believe that it will. Remember this music from the late Rush Limbaugh with Paul Shankin? The earth is a precious thing. Because of man, it's warming. Earth's temperature has risen half a degree higher. So obviously the world will soon be a ball of fire. Our whole world will be a burning ball of fire. Polar bears drown, drown as the seas get higher. As it burns, burns, burns. The taste of fame is sweet Without this gig, who'd listen to me? So change your ways, every man and child Before the fire goes wild Our whole world will be a burning ball of fire Polar bears drown, drown, and the 
seas get higher as it burns, burns, burns. The earth on fire, all of fire. Our whole world will be a burning ball of fire. Polar bears drown, drown as the seas get higher as it burns, burns, burns. The earth on fire. Now, here's what is scary to me, is how many people have believed the lie of climate change being thoroughly man-made and repairable by government carbon taxes and scams like carbon credits? It was once said, way back in the 1940s by Harry Truman. Show me a rich politician and I'll show you a crook. Well, Al Gore is a mega multi-millionaire and it's not from his talents as vice president or being a senator from Tennessee. It's from scamming people with this thing called the carbon credit. Well, if your industrial plant is going to be having a big carbon footprint you can buy carbon credits from a company that doesn't use all theirs and he's made hundreds of millions of dollars on this scam and he laughs all the way to the bank making one phony prediction after another after another and people still believe him our education system keeps pushing this silliness on young people scaring them for 25 years ago, kids thought that the polar ice caps would be gone and, and all the polar bears drowned. And they'd never give up. Let's just take a little time over the past, oh, I don't know, half a century. We saw back when I was starting out in news that by 1975, it would be too late, a dire famine forecast globally. That came from a Sanford University biologist. A guy named Paul Urich said, The time of famines is upon us and the most disastrous will be by 1975 and we'll just have everybody die. He said, Experts keep saying the world food supply will have to be tripled if you expect us to make it to the year 2000. And it would never happen because of, you know, the world is freezing up. Then we had another expert back in 1969. This comes from the New York Times. Because of pollution, another expert said on August 5th, 1969, the trouble with almost all environmental problems, the population biologist, is that by the time we have enough evidence to convince people, you're all dead. And he said, we must realize that unless we don't change anything, everybody will disappear in a cloud of blue steam in 20 years. I kid you not. 1970, scientists predict we'll be in the throes of a total ice age by the 21st century. He also predicted that we would never be able to keep up with the increase of electrical demand. And, and now we want nothing but 
electric vehicles. And don't forget, 1971, NASA predicting in the next 50 years, mankind, because of fossil fuel, would screen out so much sunlight that the average temperature is going to drop by six degrees. If sustained over several years, more like 10 or more, and we will be in an ice age. That's 1971, saying all this is going to happen by the 1980s. Brown University, 1972, the main conclusion of the meeting was that a global deterioration of climate, the order of magnitude larger than anything here to experience by civilized mankind, is a real possibility we're going to all freeze to death. The cooling has a natural cause and falls within the rank of processes which produce the last ice age, and we're just making it happen faster. Space satellites, 1974, show a new ice age is coming, and it's coming fast. In 1980, acid rain will kill all the life in the lakes. Then the same climate experts made this great prediction in 1988 that we're going to have droughts, we're going to have just horrible conditions for growing in the Midwest, that rainfall would drop off, and instead it went up. Exactly the opposite of the prediction. 1988, prepare for the long hot summers, and instead the temperature continued to go down for a period of time before going up. Then the rise of sea levels. This was predicted in 1988, that within 30 years, in 30 years, the gradual rise in average sea level will threaten to completely cover this Indian Ocean nation, you know, the Maldives, islands they're supposed to have been gone oh i don't know based upon this story i would say they should have been gone 25 years ago didn't happen rising seas will obliterate nations it will be flooding florida by 2010 in the 1990s and late 80s salon you know that idiotic magazine for idiots predicted that the west side of New York would be totally underwater, New York City, by 2019. Listen, I can go on and on and on. I've got over a hundred more of these. You know, 2008, we're toast. We've already passed the tipping point. It's too late. We are all going to die. In 10 years, it is over. The Arctic will be free of ice within five years, 10 years. That was stated in 2008. And on and on, Al Gore, prediction you just heard that the ice caps would vanish, but they're still there. Matter of fact, the ice is even getting thicker. I can remember when former Prince Charles, now King Charles, said we have 96 months to save the world. He said that Oh, what was it, 15 years ago? It didn't happen. Polar ice caps are supposed to be gone. On and on it goes. All the predictions have one thing in common. Hundreds of them over and over again. We are told. We are told that it's gloom and doom and we can fix it. And, and all these predictions 
2014. We have only 500 days before the climate chaos hits and we're all goners. 500 days, that's it. That was said almost 10 years ago. Do I need to go on? And then we're told that all the fires in Canada, all the wildfires in California, it's all climate change. It's all because of you. You people did it. Little story came out quietly from CTV, Canadian television. News in Montreal. A Quebec man pleads guilty to setting 14 forest fires. The reaction to it spreading on social media is more troubling to climate change. In other words, the experts had said it was global warming. It was arson, not global warming. And we're finding out all over Canada, these massive fires had one thing in common. And that was it had nothing to do with global warming and climate change. It had to do with, well, people setting fires. People lost their homes, forests burned. We saw the smoke in the United States. And it wasn't climate change after all. Another big lie. When are we going to start understanding this global warming hype is nonsense. And this story from the year 2000 in the United Kingdom, one of the great climate experts that people still listen to, said back in the year 2000, within a few years, winter snowfall will be become a very rare and exciting event. And within 10 years, it'll be totally gone. Why? Man-made global warming, now called climate change. These are the same experts that said that we'd be buried in snow by now. And here where we live in Southwest Virginia, and my friends in Nebraska, and all across the Midwest and the Southeast, you know, this warming climate, I have friends in Florida that got up to 39 degrees this past weekend. That is cold for Florida and very rare. And here where we are in Virginia, overnight low of six degrees, two snowfalls in about eight days. Unheard of. But I thought it was global warming. That's why we have to get out of our fossil-fueled cars and get into our little electric cars. You know, the ones that don't like to charge and run well in extremely cold weather. There's a lot of things that have been said that I think they knew were lies when they said them and they knew you would just fall for it because people's memories are short. People are not remembering what was said 5, 10, 20, 30 years ago because our stinking mainstream media is part of the propaganda apparatus. You think Joy Reid, you think any of the idiots at CNN are going to admit that what they said 5 years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago was wrong? That they lied to you? No. They think you're stupid enough that you're going to forget the last lie and believe the new one. 
and never question it. And that's exactly what is wrong with this entire climate change narrative. They never get it right, but they say, hey, we know that by 2050, it's going to be this. And their track record has been consistent, consistently wrong, 100% of the time. There is literally a 100% certainty whatever they're predicting today is not going to happen. And yet we're supposed to believe it. The same experts were going to be out of oil by the year 1980 or maybe 1985. And on and on it goes. The United States, our oil wells have run dry. We can never be energy sufficient on our own. And yet wells are refilling. These people are known liars or they are deceived or they're getting paid a lot of money. And I think the latter is the most true. You find a buffoon. You find somebody with a big ego. And you get them to buy into the climate change narrative or the peak oil narrative or whatever the narrative of the day is. Look, even I want you to think those three lawyers, well, with Fawny Willis, you know, she hired her lover, but that's another story. I want you to think. Look at the three lawyers that are doing the cases against Donald Trump. They're buffoons. They are, you're scraping the bottom of the legal barrel, and I'm saying the rusty, scummy part of that barrel, to find the likes of Fawny Willis, the likes of Jack Smith, or New York State Attorney General Letitia James. These are the worst of the worst, the most incompetent of the incompetent, and they're the ones that they put out there to go after Trump. You want to know why? Anybody with any legal common sense wouldn't touch this with a 10-foot pole. It's too toxic. It's uncharted territory. But you get somebody like Fawny Willis, give her a big budget, give her a big ego, and she thinks she's going to win these cases and put all these people in jail. And she's nothing but a reprobate clown having an affair, buying a lover. I mean, come on. Nathan Wade has no experience in a RICO case, yet he's the highest paid lawyer in prosecuting Trump on Fawny Willis's staff. And you look at Fawny Willis and you look at the soon-to-be ex-Mrs. Wade. And and, when it, and and something else that I noticed, too. I know I'm going off to the, a little sideline here. It's amazing how Nathan Wade, back in at the beginning of all of this, when he signed the deal, he signed the deal and the next day he... Filed for divorce from his wife of 28 years. And never bothered to tell his wife that he was now making all this money. He kept screaming and crying poverty, even using the, their bank account. He had $1,400 a month in support. While he's making, oh, I don't know, 600 and some odd thousand in less than two years. 
and and then taking some of that money he's making from the state of Georgia to take his boss on expensive vacations and cruises. And when you look at the ex-wife and then you look at Fawny Willis, this guy's not in it for love. Hey, he's in it for the money. Just to keep low and everywhere I go, people know the part I'm playing. Pay for every dance, selling each romance. Which makes Nathan Wade no better than climate expert John Kerry. Remember, he's the guy that married a dead Republican senator's wife who had all of the dead Republican senator's money. You know, from the Heinz Corporation, like in the catch-up company. So he married into money. And basically, Nathan Wade is, uh, well, dating this gal and traveling the globe and having a ball, making a lot of money. It should be noted he bought all these wonderful new suits to appear in court. Every time he goes to court in a Trump case, he's sitting around or standing there in some new $1,000 suit and tie and, and all color coordinated while pleading poverty and he thought he was going to get away with it. And then Fawny Willis making some incredible statements like, well, you know, you can't come after me. I'm the district attorney. I have immunity. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Doesn't President Trump have immunity as president? Well, it doesn't matter. My point is simple. When it comes to climate change, when it comes to these cases, when it comes to anything risky, you just pay off a buffoon to go out there and be the public face. This way, if it blows up in your face, you can have culpable deniability. Yet climate change is now the new religion of the left, along with abortion, along with gender-changing transgenderism and homosexuality. This is what is being foisted upon us. Now, when we get back, I'm going to address what I consider, look, I have nothing against electric vehicles, but they're not ready for full deployment to everybody yet in the United States. And so stop believing some of the lies there. If you believe in this radio ministry, would you consider supporting us? We try to give you stories and truth and information that a lot of the networks and a lot of the programs don't. I sometimes stay away from many of the stories that are out there. I'm not talking much about primaries. I think we all know where this is headed. And there's no sense wasting my time when there's plenty of others to do it for me. I need to get into the stories to give you an understanding of the propaganda you're being fed from all sides. They're, they're wanting you to be so so confused by so many stories at once, you don't know which way to turn. And that's why we try to sort some of this stuff this stuff out for you. Can you go to our website, Truth, the numeral or number two ponder.com, Truth to ponder.com. You can support us from there or make a check or money order payable to Ancient Word Radio, Ancient Word Radio, Post Office Box 510, Post Office Box 510. 
Chill Howie, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chill Howie, Virginia, and the zip code in Chill Howie, 24319. Once again, Ancient Word Radio, Post Office Box 510, Chill Howie, Virginia, 24319. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. The Dream of the Rising God, coming up. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out. You're receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Critics charge that the resurrection is borrowed, that throughout the pagan world there are myths of rising gods, Osiris, Dionysus, Tammuz, Adonis, and so they charge the resurrection of Messiah really just borrowed. The gospel borrows it from pagan myths. Well, the charge is ridiculous because for a first century Jew or Jews to seek to borrow myths from pagan religions would be about as absurd as an Orthodox Jewish rabbi today taking off his clothes, painting his body, becoming a Mayan witch doctor. But they'll charge, well, then how do you account for the similarities that, that of, the, of the myths throughout the world of a rising God, a God who rises from the dead? Well, it'd be stranger if there weren't anything. You see, it'd be like to be expecting a starving people not to dream about food or a shipwrecked people not to long for a lifeboat or a baby not to cry for milk. Salvation is the answer. So we'd expect that a world that needs it would long for it, long for redemption, long for restoration, long for life after death, of course, because Messiah is the answer to our needs, not just to Jewish needs, but to Gentile needs, to all needs. He's so awesome. He's not just the fulfillment of the Hebrew prophecies. He's the fulfillment of everything, the longing of the world, the longing of our hearts for purpose and redemption and love and cleansing and forgiveness. He's everything, and he's the answer to everything in your life. Not only your religious longings, but your emotional longings, your heart's longing, your everything. Bring your needs to him, every need, every problem, every unfulfilled area. Bring it to him. Come to the waters and drink because he alone has the, the living waters of your life that'll quench your thirst. He alone is the true rising God and the Lord of all. Want more? Ask for the rising God on CD. Now, the free gift for you from the sands of Judea to the wings of the cherubim to the writings of the rabbis that prove that Jesus is the Messiah. Awesome. The mystery of the temple doors on CD. You'll love it. And Sapphire is guaranteed to bless your socks off. How do you get these gifts free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. So to receive your free gift, just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now 1-800-YESHUA-1. Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. I invite you to minister with me to bring salvation to God's ancient people, Israel, and the unreached peoples of five continents. It's amazing. The farthest way you'll ever spread the gospel, ever. Shortwave Radio. How? Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. 1-800-YESHUA, Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or you can write me direct. Here's how. Just write to the nice Jewish boy at box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's a nice Jewish boy, box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying he's awesome. Shalom Lechem. Peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah Sarchayim, the Prince of Life. If we don't get our act together and move to clean energy and transform our energy system away from fossil fuel, I, I really fear so much and worry so much about the kind of planet we're leaving to our kids and our grandchildren. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Climate change is literally an existential threat to our nation and to the world. This is an emergency. And I welcome you back to part two of our Thursday edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Today, talking about climate change and all of the predictions that never came true, which is pretty much every one of them. 
And we are supposed to believe that 50 years of consistently being wrong, somehow they're, they're right now. All of a sudden, they got it right. And they know that by 2050, when I'm 96 years old, even though they've had no ability of predicting the weather very accurately, especially where I live, somehow they know what it's going to be in 2050 and 2054 when I'm like 100 years old. This is ridiculous. And yet, the colleges and the universities and the public school system and the apostate religions that worship the planet, not the almighty God. Oh yeah, they worship the earth. They worship the planet more than the creator of the planet. This is a religion. It is part of a one world religion. It is based upon false premises and fear and indoctrination. You start with little kids. You confuse them about their gender and scare them about their planet. The planet that's going to catch fire. Where Florida is going to be flooded underwater. It's amazing the things that they say that don't make any sense at all scientifically. Yet we are being told by idiot politicians, the buffoonery class, that we have to believe even though we've been wrong for 50 years, we got it right now. We've got it right. 50 years of failed predictions, don't worry. We've got it figured out now. Don't worry about a thing. I'm beginning to realize, if you hadn't already, and I, I'm sure many of you have, the electric vehicle. Now let me give you my thoughts about the electric vehicle. The good and the bad, and yes, there are some good things about electric vehicles. I really believe that, and I believe in time. They'll make more sense for many people depending upon where they live and how they live. And technology will continue to move forward. Give credit where credit is due. Elon Musk was ahead of the curve in his electric car, the Tesla. It's a lot better than what has come out of Detroit and other places. My wife and I, at one time, we had two Priuses from Toyota. Now, those are a hybrid. And they were great, especially for in-town driving down in Florida because you could average around 60 miles to the gallon of gasoline. And when you did a lot of in-town traffic commuting, they're great. When I would drive that from our home on a 50-mile journey to the transmitter site of WRMI, which is pretty much open road, I got about 40 miles to the gallon. Now, let's put that in comparison. I now drive a full-size vehicle that gets around 30 miles to the gallon instead of a little Prius. Now, let me give you some more of the good and the bad. Like I say, day-to-day, it was cheaper on gas. Insurance, it was a lot higher. They're very expensive to fix. The batteries are very heavy. Tire life is about half of what it is on any other car that I've ever owned. You go through expensive tires in a short amount of time.
the batteries in a Prius. I can tell you this much. It doesn't matter how many miles you have on the vehicle. When they hit a certain age, they just they just quit. They stop working. You can no longer really move anymore. We had to replace one. So I can tell you it is thousands of dollars. And all of a sudden, so much of that gas savings that you thought you had vanish into the wind. You have an engine. You have batteries. Now, what do you have in a fully electric car? Batteries that are a lot heavier than what I had in the Prius. Because you are now 100% dependent upon those batteries. In a Prius, you were charging and not charging. It was short-term charging to beat the problem of sitting at a traffic light going nowhere. And so you had a very efficient use of your gasoline, making it around 60 miles to the gallon. But today we're being led to believe that oil is scarce. We don't have any. And besides, we have CO2 and it's going to destroy the planet. It's going to make us burn up in a ball of fire, as I talked about in the first half of the program. Global warming, climate change, the big existential threat. How many times have we heard politicians making making that claim? You would think that the automobile is the biggest polluter. You would think that the automobile is the biggest consumer of energy. So let's do some basic mathematics, not new math, not this common core math, but basic mathematics that anybody would have understood 100 years ago. The United States car fleet accounts for about, are you ready for this? 1% of global energy demand. And that's 5% of American energy demand of the 19% of the global demand, okay? So the United States car fleet uses a mere 1% of global energy. And it's declining on its own, even without electric cars, because of increased efficiency over time. So even if the United States is to shift to 100% electric powered cars, the maximum climate impact for all that CO2 is totally meaningless. 0.2% or 22% of the 0.8% reduction in global CO2 emissions from the current electric grid, up to maybe a maximum of a half a percent. And that's assuming that solar, wind, and hydro can implausibly power 60% of the electric demand, which I don't think that it can. We are seeing too many chinks in that armor. Texas has experienced it now twice. In other words, it is total garbage. It is an absolute propaganda lie. There is not one fact to claim that the government mandates to switch to an electric car will have any impact on global CO2 emissions. Period. It's a scam. It is a lie. And so this push to replace what they call fossil fuels which is another lie. There is no such thing as a fossil fuel. Get that through your head. 
They keep saying this over and over and over again. Fossil fuel, fossil fuel. We're burning up all the fossil fuel. It was in the 1700s, I've said this before, that Russian scientists assumed, because they're finding oil near the surface of the planet, maybe it was, you know, decaying dinosaurs. That was a great theory, oh, I don't know, two, three hundred years ago. But they're looking for oil and gas thousands of feet below the surface. Oil wells that when dry are naturally refilling as this stuff is being pushed up from way deep inside the core of the earth and being pushed upward. There are people with electric cars now. Once again, we have to replace these with clean energy. This is what, this is what I'm going to come out and say it. These people are brain damaged or they are bought off or they're total idiots or they're absolute buffoons. Look at the data. Look at the numbers. Changing to an all-electric fleet tomorrow. If every, if every gasoline-powered car disappeared and was magically replaced by some kind of an electric vehicle, number one, the grid could not support it the way it is currently built. California is a basket case run by an idiot, run by a total reprobate idiot that can't even understand gender, science, and sexuality. He's a sick individual with nice, pretty teeth has no business in leadership. He is taking California and pulling it into the pits of hell and turning it into an intellectual sewer of stupidity, wokeism, and deviancy. And we're supposed to listen to him? We're supposed to listen to other complete clowns like Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders? All paid-off idiots. All people that are not trustworthy, all known liars. If you changed every car tomorrow, the impact on the environment is nil. And as I said, with the with the Prius, getting a rebuilt battery is not too awfully bad. You know, about three to four thousand dollars, maybe a little higher, depending depending upon the warranty. And remember something else about a Prius. These batteries are so heavy that your load capacity to drive is 500 pounds. That's it. My wife was saying with so many obese people today, they can't even fit into a Prius, let alone have that poor little engine carry you down the highway. We've experienced it firsthand. And that's why we traded in the other Prius before its battery was going to become a problem because they were up two years apart. And I decided I didn't want to mess with it. It's not so much how many miles a vehicle has. It's just the number of years. Another unknown fact, will, will there be a market for used electric vehicles? The market for gas-fired used cars has been robust. But is anybody going to want to buy a purely electric vehicle whose battery has not yet been changed? 
that's a big expense. You know, some of the cars out there, they're finding out the battery costs more than the car's worth to replace it. And of course, what does it take to make the battery? It takes strip mining, slave labor, and paying lots of money to China. It really does. And there lies the rub. Once we are total electric and we are dependent upon China for the batteries, what could happen to us? And also, the electric grid in California, they're constantly sending out a text notice, do not charge your car tonight, we're, we're, we're at capacity. Because see, these morons don't want to build electric power plants, they want to shut them down. They want wind and solar and uh, don't get me started. And while maybe Elon Musk may theorize that the batteries could last up to 20 years, that'd be great. But if they don't, that's about $25,000 in repairs on your vehicle, not including labor. This is the issue with trying to force technology before the time is right. The climate change nonsense, and that's what a lot of it is. Many climate change and energy groups are now amplifying their resistance to President Biden's green energy initiatives. They're urging the House in the United States to escalate their opposition. Biden and his handlers are taking actions to destroy the free market. As per China, that's what they want. And China continues to build coal plant after coal plant, literally a new coal plant every week, as Biden is trying to shut ours down. In other words, in terms of global CO2, we're going to accomplish nothing but destroying the Western world, empowering China, the bankers, the one world religion, and the one world government. Now, one more thing to consider that a lot of people don't. I get a kick out of somebody saying, man, it's costing me nothing to drive my electric car, whatever it is. I get a lot of these free charges at certain places. Yeah, because it's still subsidized. Some people can charge at home and they see an increase. So they're saying, man, I'm saving more than half or maybe even 70% on what I was paying for gasoline, which is probably true. Until you factor in the cost of the batteries, there's one little dirty secret out there. Electric cars weigh a lot more than their gasoline car counterpart. Looking at like a mid-size to full-size, like a Ford or Chevy or something like that. You know, the engine weighs about eh, three, four hundred pounds. Plus, you got another two or three hundred pounds in a transmission, depending upon the size. But when you have a couple of thousand pounds, when you got your battery in, in a fully electric car weighs double or more, what's your engine and transmission cost? Plus, you have the little engines and a lot of other stuff. You have to consider tire wear. And then there's the other dirty secret that nobody's addressing. Gasoline cars pay a gasoline tax, and that gasoline tax, both federal, state, and local in many places, pays for roads and infrastructure, the highway tax. 
Do you think they're going to let you ride around forever for free without paying for the mileage on your electric car? And because your electric car weighs more, it does more damage to the road. Trust me, they're already trying to figure a way using GPS built into these electric cars to charge you for every mile you drive. And they will know every place you go. This is the green new scam. That's what it is. It's a green new scam. And people don't see it. And they keep trying to shove us into electric cars and lie to us about its impact on the environment, an impact that is not even measurable. And they try to convince us that electric is the way to go. Now, I live in the country... And so, in theory, I I could put a 50-amp breaker in our garage to charge a car, one at a time, of course, on a quick charge. But many homes can't do that, and the expense to do it is pretty high. What about those that live in apartment complexes? Where are they going to charge their cars? See, there's so many, oh, I guess they can go to a charging place. You know, it takes, I think, 10 times to 15 times as many chargers as it does gas pumps. Where are all these cars going to park at a convenience store to charge up for an hour or two or three? When you drive an electric car, you have to plan your trip. In other words, it's going to control how far you're allowed to to go. And, of course, they want to just put all this wind and solar out there. China makes the solar panels. It seems that every time we get a new green energy company going in the United States, it goes bankrupt. One more thing to consider. How much taxpayer subsidies are involved in an electric vehicle from the taxpayer. Right now, over a decade, it's $50,000 or about $5,000 per year subsidy from the taxpayer. Are we going to all have to pay another $5,000 a year in taxes for this subsidy to come back inefficiently from the government? And now a quick scientific question. Is electricity a source of energy? Ask that to a high school student. Ask that to a college student. Ask that to a politician. And chances are the answer will be from them. Well, yes, electricity is a source of energy. That's not true. Electricity carries energy, but it is not itself a source of energy which in the United States is supplied by 60% natural gas and coal, 18% nuclear, 22% renewables, and that includes hydro dams. Then you have, going down the list, solar and wind. The question is whether cars are a major consumer of energy and hence a significant contributor to CO2. And it isn't, as I pointed out before. It really isn't. We're not going to make any change. And then the idea that all we need to do is just build more wind and solar and the world's problems will just vanish in the wind, so to speak. Or on a sunny day, everything will be fine. 
but you have to store that energy from wind and solar, particularly solar, because it's a daytime source, not nighttime. When the wind is not there, where's the other energy going to come from? And once again, the United States car fleet, it's 1% of the global energy demand, period. It's a scam. It also is a way to control how you live, where you can go, and how you can travel. It is a scam of the highest nature. It is based upon a lie. If the entire world tomorrow went 100% electric, CO2 emissions would fall around 3% by 2050 versus a baseline of where it is right now. Simply put, electric cars are not the panacea of hope that the liars in D.C. and the globalists are trying to lead you to believe. I tell you this so you understand this is all about control. The pandemic was about control. Education. Government school education is about control. Getting professors to become leftist in the colleges is to ensure a population that will lean to the left and vote to the left. It is all about one world religion, one world government, a one world order. Now you know why I do this radio program. I talked about climate change, the lie, and the electric car, the scam, and the scam artists that push it out there. Those people that know better, and most of the politicians actually do, they are, they're just evil individuals at heart and even satanic at its origin. They worship the planet. They do not worship Almighty God. They worship at the altar of Moloch and Ishtar. Those are their real pagan gods. If you believe in this ministry, would you help keep us on the air? Shortwave radio to me is one of the most powerful means to keep connected during these very troubled times. My time is free, but the airtime is not. Would you consider supporting us today? Go to the website, Truth, the numeral or number two ponder.com, truth to ponder.com. You can support us from there or make a check or money order payable to Ancient Word Radio, Ancient Word Radio. Post Office Box 510. Post Office Box 510. Chilhowie, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E. Chilhowie, Virginia, 24319. Once again, Ancient Word Radio, Post Office Box 510. Chilhowie, Virginia. Zip code in Chilhowie, 24319. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.